0: My name is Mark Zabanski, and this is the best podcast I've ever been on.
1: The Dropback, with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson.
2: Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Bat Podcast. I'm Sam Lewis and joined by Matt Burns-Peak. How's it going, Sammy? And Joe Costanzo. How are we doing, mate? Doing well. We've got a lot of free agency stuff to talk about. A few teams that surprised us, both by spending a lot or not spending anything at all. But before we get to that, we've got an interview with Coventry Jets head coach, Marcus Zabanski.
1: Stan and Sam here, and we are now joined by Marcus Obanski, the head coach of Coventry Jets football and the world's first bobsleigh quarterback. How are you doing, Marcus?
0: I'm very good. (laughs) I'm very good. Yourself, Stan?
1: Yeah, I'm doing fine, thank you. Um, For those of you who don't know, Marcus Obanski had a very successful playing career with the Coventry Jets, now undertaking the head coaching role following the departure of their old head coach. Just before we get into that, how did you actually get into the sport? Because obviously we've all got different stories over here because, well, it's just not a main sport, is it?
3: No.
0: i tell you what, it started... Oh, you're taking me back, Stan. It started 2012. 2012. And I know that because Messi was in his prime. And I I, <laughs> I remember seeing... I don't know how, why, or what, but maybe maybe Facebook already had all the algorithms and they heard me talking about American football. Um but I saw Ray Lewis video and a big part of playing football at the time, I wanted to be faster as a center back just so that I didn't have to worry about, I was awful at heading the ball. So I just wanted to chase down people, slide tackle uh, as close to break their legs within the rules as possible, and then um, do my job that way. So I saw this American football video. Ray Lewis is the most inspirational person. His story as well about why football was so important to him his story about how he was always an underdog. Um, I, I just connected with it. And I literally searched universities to find which ones had American football teams. And from that picked my options for, through UCAS. Right. And I had a choice between Portsmouth and Coventry. And I just like the grit, man. I just like difficulty. So I decided to go with Coventry, the beautiful place. <laughs> and from there, uh, that's how I started. Um playing American football as a wide receiver. And it's, since then, this is, this is what's come of it.
1: That's awesome. So obviously you started off as a wide receiver, made the move to quarterback. When you first joined, was it still that flex bone system? Or did you move to quarterback once the whole, or your like iconic run style, once that came into play?
0: Uh, it was, it was a spread before. and um, we it's really interesting because we had a very clear progression of like, I think the first season before I even joined was like zero and eight. And then it was something like five and three and then four and four. And it kind of progressed that way. And I wasn't meant to be quarterback at all. But when um, we had a change and I think they realized that basically because of the one, the weather, and two, just how our offense was set up with a very strong running back set that we should move into this kind of flexbone, pistol wing tee type of thing and just have lots of running backs, very unfortunately for the receivers. Um, and I guess it just kind of played into it. A big aspect of that, though, is people think that they're designed runs for me. They're not. I just decide to take the ball. <laughs> Really? and the running back take me for it and they know it.
1: See, I, I um, watched that UA, UEA game back on YouTube and you do a very convincing job of making them look like design runs. You happy for No,
0: never.
2: <laughs> I bet the receivers What's and rare? running backs love that.
0: <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> they're, they're, well, they're, in that UEA final, there's one where I pull a, um, an RPO which we weren't actually, I don't think we we're meant to have but I just spoke to the receiver and I was like, we're having this, we're having this call or whatever just because I felt so bad that season Um, because I know I'm a bit of a can I I say bad words? Yeah, go for it. it. I I felt like a bit of a dick constantly taking the ball so I thought have some, take it. You got the job done. Uh, I know but I I really want to have fun. Football's meant to be fun and it's not fun when I mean it was fun for me but
2: it's not fun (laughs) for the team when you don't touch the ball I guess you know so yeah on that note then with your moving to you were supposed to be offensive coordinator now head coach without giving too much away to your opposition in the next years is it going to be a similar playbook are you going to make it a bit more pass heavy I really want to a big aspect I, I'm
0: all about adapting right I want to to just see what kind of talent we get where we have our strengths and just play to them you know uh, I'm not gonna like nothing is rigid in my mind it's gonna be what the opposition are doing what's best for us um and where our strengths are and where the opposition weaknesses, and then exploit it you know Sun Tzu and that you know and other important head coach books that I need to read
2: and that's the first Sun Tzu reference on the podcast so ever big props for that <laughs> thank you I don't that's not actually a compliment is it well, it's a big compliment <laughs> How have you been using the lockdown then? Obviously, not the easiest transition for a first season head coach. What have you been spending your time doing?
0: Um, I think for a lot of people, I don't know about for you guys, I've not done a huge amount. You know, when you have so much time, it just kind of becomes like you've got so much time. Mm. I know, all too well. (laughs) You you just end up doing not too much, not going to lie. And it's like you might set one task for the day and you're like, yeah, I did that, so... I'm just gonna play some Warzone for a bit and then a bit becomes slightly too long. Um, lots of training as well, of course, um, for any opportunities that might come. Um, and that's about it. I'm not gonna lie, lockdowns. I, I, thought it would, I also thought it would be a very productive time where you can make use of things. Um, but the only real things to benefit are maybe getting a little bit of work done with um, some personal projects and you know a whole lot of prestiges on on Warzone. I mean, Fair prestige probably. is a big accomplishment. So you don't say accomplish nothing. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. I mean, I I don't know how it's
2: been for you guys, but oh, so I'm terrible out. at Warzone. I played one game and gave up.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm am just, just awful at anything like any Xbox games, anything like that. I'm completely useless.
0: <laughs> right. So we're gonna have a game, so then I can I can get a nice set of kills with you
2: guys. <laughs> Oh, that does not sound fun. Yeah, um, no, at all. So you felt a little bit when you when Sam mentioned the success at Coventry. Are we talk about that last season? There, there must have been uh, lessons or something you've learned from that. So you get to the Premiership. Obviously, a lot of optimism didn't quite go to plan. But I mean, if you're talking philosophers and all that, surely there's something you've learned that you're going to put into practice for next season.
0: I think that's where I've got this adaptability thing from, because we didn't, the whole, everything changed. All our players changed. We had a change in coaches. um, And from that, you would have thought that, okay, we'll have a change in our system. And that didn't happen. And because of that, I reckon, you know, we had our strengths completely moved and we didn't take advantage of that at all
1: so despite changing coaches did you stay with that that flex bone that wing T style offence then
0: yes sir absolutely <laughs> right four yards four yards of play that's all we need right? and that
1: fantastic group of running backs that you had they, did they all graduate that year as well then
0: um yes right that, that, all gone
1: that does seem like a, quite an issue considering they were the focal point of your offence the year before
0: yes well, if Marcus hands um, it off <laughs> And that, but that's the thing. It's like you go from four running backs, really, to, I mean, like it just seemed like much more of a hands team. So maybe transitioning into a more pass-heavy offense last year could have been the change that we needed. But then it, uh, we had some issues surrounding the beginning of the season and stuff, which basically ended up in not having as much time. And that, yeah, honestly, it was just the perfect um, cauldron of all things that could go wrong. Yeah. For, for for us, really. But we're gonna be back. Don't worry about that. <clears throat> Maybe in that? staying. And you got all the
2: bad people. stuff out already.
0: Yes, exactly. So only good. <laughs> don't, don't, don't jinx oh no, so, would not there.
1: <laughs> so how long until commentary back in the premiership?
0: Uh depends. I, I don't like to send set end goals, I like to set process goals. So let me focus on you know can I perfectly organise training? Not perfectly, but organise training in a way to best suit what, where we have our strengths and weaknesses. And then from there, how can I organise the game week? How can I organise, et cetera, et cetera.
2: Uh, yeah, that, that, was a, that was a bit of a
0: horrible that. question, to be fair. Hey, that's okay. That's why I just
2: turned it around. <laughs> you did. So you can either say that or he has to guarantee 2022. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That's true um just yeah. just with the Coventry stuff as well a mm-hmm. bit of a scandal the uniform it was posted on your uh, your sports unions page and yes, the comment exactly. section well it was just it was filled with a lot of hate for that uniform and I noticed recently that Coventry Jets your social media page posted an alternative uniform is is that mm-hmm. going to be a thing is that the original kit we saw not going to be a thing when you're when you're there
0: I, you know what, this is, this is, you know, it's a hot topic. Um, I bet bet it is. Yeah, you've done your research, I can tell, Stan. Um, I have done my research. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Done your homework. (laughs) That's a lot of homework. Um, I'll tell you what, there's been, obviously, the new uniform has, it's, it's, it's an interesting uniform. It's not quite what we use, um, colour-wise, and there's little things that we need to look at um in regards to it uh and that's all i can say about that
1: <laughs> so the the alternative that was posted up on the story the other day mm,
0: mm.
1: is that going is that going to be what's happening moving forward or is that just a suggestion or is that just something that, just to spark that rumors
0: definitely, that is definitely just a suggestion um ah, okay like the, the uniform we have although there's been not been a great response to it i i don't see an issue with it, it's just a nice t-shirt and you know we'll play in it and that's what we'll do mm. So Fair what point. we're
2: really asking is when you get promotion in 2021, which <laughs> uniform will that be wearing? <laughs> Depends what we can afford to be honest <laughs> Um, that,
0: look, the, the uniforms are beautiful, brilliant Um, Yeah, that's all I can say about that
1: Right. You sound one. you sound very convinced in that. So we will let's just move on. So Thank as if coaching playing and Bob slaying wasn't taking enough of your time, there is also the new A1 Elite. Yes, absolutely. What was the what was your motivation behind creating that that company, that one-man company?
0: Oh, well, the motivation's pretty it's pretty close to home mainly because for A1 Elite, the reason I started it was that I've always wanted to get to the best level I possibly can. And that's, In, a, I wouldn't say it's been held back, but because of the role models I've had and the, the people that I've just so happened to work with and the American football systems I've been in, it hasn't been to help me reach that. It's always been about winning games and You're a a cog in a bigger system, and I don't want other athletes to feel that way. I don't want them to feel like, you know, oh, you've got to give your all to this team because the team's more important than you. I want to give people the... and I want to empower people to be able to improve to get where they want to go. And that's why I started it. I, I just feel like that gap of bridging where American football is right now, from a amateur in quotation sport to a professional sport needs to be done. And it's not going to come from us worrying about Coventry versus Warwick. It's going to come from look, these are your measurables. This is how strong you are, fast you are, etc. Let's improve on that. And as a result of this, you can be the best player on the field and hopefully get some dubs.
2: You know what I'm saying? It sounds like you're taking almost a leaf out of the system. They've got a little bit in America. Obviously, like they're light years away at the moment. But outside of their teams, they've got you people like Quincy Avery, you've got Drew House specifically working with quarterbacks. Is that sort of the idea you've taken it from?
0: Uh yes. I, I would say so, mainly because of the work they're doing is is solid. I actually met Quincy Avery at Leicester. I don't know if maybe you, you saw that one for twenty eighteen. And he was really sound. I actually mentioned the idea to him of like, look, this is what I want to do, and what do you think about it? And he said, look, just go for it, man. Like, there's nothing stopping you. There's sky's a limit. And yeah, I mean, he's also a big factor in me deciding to try and do this. Just mad you mentioned him.
2: The research we mentioned earlier.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Solid. Yeah, I, I really. That's. I really want. Britball to kind of level up and this is my way of kind of giving back everything that football's given to me.
1: So if you had it your way and we had a Marcus abansky working at every team in the country what would a training session look like and how would coaching differ from the way it currently is?
0: Uh, this is that this is a hot one because I also believe that for me, I couldn't just come into a system and just change it all and things will be fixed. I, I feel like the first step is kind of just getting to know how things work. But your question wasn't that. So the first thing i do, you know your little star jump warm-ups that we do?
1: Yeah, all too Counting
0: well. to 10, that's gone. I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, it's, it's great same. as a uh, – <laughs> don't cuss out Div 2 teams. But it's great as a well we might be one next year it's great as like a, a way to get prepped and stuff but it's more a case of that's it's not making you better and it's not like it doesn't have a purpose everything in training needs to be purposeful we've got 6 hours a week if you're training on a sunday and there's no game and you've spent 15 minutes 45 minutes of total time in that week doing star jumps and gentle jogs up and down the field. Instead, you could start with something like just practicing a low intensity skill of your position. So you could easily do hand work for D linemen. You could do very low intensity catches for receivers. You could do low intensity footwork and catches for DBs and have that entire positional, (coughs) excuse me, positional setup of just low intensity stuff, lots of reps, lots of practice, because our time's limited. From there, of course, you'd go into air to try and take those skills that you've built in this warm-up time and then try and implement that into the plays that you use. And then, of course, from air, you take that into um, kind of like team, but more one-on-ones, twos-on-twos across the board. So it's not, you know, you'd have D-line against O-line. You'd constrain it so that you'd have – there has to be a certain situational aspect. You might relate it to a play that you did on there. Okay, we're doing inside run. So you're going to double team this um, uh, nose tackle. And that's the drill is D lineman gets lots of reps trying to work that double team. And then also the lineman gets to work on that action. Cause how many, like how many times are they doing that in a game? They might do that three times in a game. Is that enough reps to get better? You can guarantee you get enough reps in this short time. And then boom, all of a sudden, when you get that one rep, you're on the one yard line, you've got all these reps and you can ensure that it's going to go well 100 or at least close to 100% of the time.
1: Practice makes and then perfect. from that,
0: you go into team um, and just let people go wild. <laughs> Love it. Sorry, we're not done yet. To finish off the last 10 minutes would then be something, uh, general exercise work, which is always missed out because people say, We've got two hours a week, so you need to look after yourself at the gym. But then, it's like, if it's important enough, wouldn't you do it at training to ensure that you get your your players better? It's your Absolutely. responsibility as the coach, you know. And then you're saying, no, it's not my responsibility for you to get better. What? It's like the role of the coach there. Yeah. It e- does. Exactly. Exactly. So that's why at last 15 minutes you do that general work. Could be lunges, squats. Um, could be just general wrestling. It could be push-ups, anything of that sort. Or you can bring equipment in. It could be sprints uh, or more speed-based work for the positional guys. Not positional. Um, Out-to-the-sideline kind of guys. And then as you get closer to the internal, you make it more strength-orientated, uh, just in line with the demands of their position. And then, boom, you got yourself a session. Yes. So there you go. Sorry, that's a long-winded one, but hopefully That, that sounds one, good. But I think detail is the term, not
2: long-winded yeah okay cool is that where you put your star jumps or are they totally out <laughs> i'm sorry star- tell you what if you love star jumps everyone's tired
0: at the end you can do 300 star jumps all together
1: <laughs> no, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that about star jumps because i don't have the sporting not all the sports science knowledge to say this but they do just seem completely and entirely pointless so i'm glad someone much smarter than me has pointed out and is now agreeing with me
2: Stan's gonna
1: take into his first preseason back. Hundred percent. I'm like, like, coach. Coach Jabanski says we shouldn't do, we shouldn't be doing star jumps.
2: <laughs> well, I don't know
0: if they'd listen to me. I don't have any track record. Um, hopefully they, they get rid of them. I believe That's in Stan. So. I believe I'll,
1: I'll do my best. I'll, I'll bring it back to my coach when i um, preseason starts if it ever does.
0: <laughs> well, um, Pete Ackley's on um rebel and certain yeah. certain. You can Podcast mention
2: them. Right now. Uh, pardon? You can mention them. You don't have to. Okay. We've got no we beef like with Britt Ballin. Ballin. Bri- Bri-
1: <laughs> Britt Ballin oh, solid we, guys. We, we know the
2: following <laughs> to take them on.
1: <laughs> we, do, we love Britt Ballin. Britt Ballin, solid <laughs> guys.
0: Yeah, I just had to check first. You never know. It might be. I would have cut it. I plugged aside, you... <laughs> Yeah, plugged we like you
1: Yeah, we get to edit what comes out.
0: Uh, we'll just be, oh, there's a certain clip.
2: Yeah, and we'll go to the next <laughs> question. <laughs> so, yeah. Are, are you looking to play this year when it when we do if we do kick off? Uh,
0: I have something interesting in the works, um, and I hope it goes through. But I've been told not to really. Oh God, it sounds so naughty, doesn't it? But uh, <laughs> I've got certain things that I'm hoping will go through, and hopefully, I play this season. Where that may be, we shall see.
1: Does it start with G and end in FL?
0: No, it does not. It starts in C and ends in FL. <laughs> no, it does not. <laughs> I don't know. NFL? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, we? no, No, unfortunately not. Unfortunately not, but hopefully there. I mean, what teams do you guys play at, actually? Do you do you play the football? Yes, you do.
1: I, we both play football. I'm currently under 19s. I play for Southeast Legion. I'm going to play for UCLAN Rams next year at university and slew you play for?
2: yeah i'm you mentioned div 2 earlier i'm at Leeds bobcats in div 2 oh jeez how long have you been at um the bobcats uh one season so i played there after i came back from uni mhm yeah i i've
0: heard some uh things very funny stories about Leeds bobcats cuz i maybe you knew He's she's probably played a long time before you but chris
2: winrow No, I don't know him. I know of him. Yes. Partly because of the aforementioned podcast that we're not allowed to name, apparently. (laughs) (laughs) But no, he was was gone before I got there. Mm -hmm. I'm sure his
0: legend still lives on in that team somehow. I mean, if you want to tell him that, that'll be fine. I'll tell him. I'll tell him. (laughs) I'll clip this. I'll clip it.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah, so I mean, we're we're the same situation. We don't know what's going on next year, so I'm looking forward to tuning in to brickballing <laughs> at some point.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, to be fair, you can you can always watch the videos after. It's always exactly. this is one thing I like about them, but obviously, this is by far the best podcast I've ever been on. So, absolutely, I'm saying you heard it here first. <laughs> there you go. You'll <laughs> have uh, approval from
2: random Britball player from 2021. <laughs> Cha- Div 1 champion head coach Marcus Bansky in has to be confirmed Coventry Kett we'll check up on that
0: <laughs>
2: oh
1: no alright uh, yeah. before we wrap this up what are your main aims within the sport as a whole obviously you've, you've touched on your coaching philosophy how you would change things but would that be coaching playing training what is your main main goal
0: uh, right now
1: right now just whenever. So I'm one thing you'd
0: like to achieve, lost. I, I, I'd love to play at the highest level I can. I don't quite know where that might be. Um, right now that's what I'm focusing on. But coaching, I really love coaching, and I feel I could make my biggest difference in this little, uh, pond by coaching. So I'm, I'm torn to be honest.
1: Well, that's a, that's a noble goal. Anyways, thank you very much for your time, Marcus. We appreciate no, I, you coming please. on, and um, good luck for next season with the Jets, and um, good luck with wherever you're going to be playing next year.
0: Thank you, thank you. Or well, this year, whatever it is. Thank you for having me. Actually, it was a. Uh, it was actually. It, I got so gassed just when you sent me that little message. I was like, "Wow, I'm, I'm actually being listened to for something. What the hell? <laughs>
2: How we feel." Um, <laughs>
1: Awesome. Marcus Sabansky.
2: I mean, it's not video, but I like the salute. Oh, uh, yeah. Take it easy.
0: Thank you so much.
2: (laughs) Another thank you for Marcus to coming on the show. I'm sure Stan would agree that it was really interesting to get a chance to sit down and talk to him. So back to the NFL free agency here and we have planned to do a little bit of predict where everyone's going to go but as soon as the tampering period started, basically everyone was signed, rendering that pointless so which teams did spend well? Hmm
3: Oh, I've got the obvious one Gone on. go The on, Patriots
2: ah, Go ahead and I see it. say it yeah, and
3: They very, very much great. hoovered Patriots up all, move. The, all the bloody free agents re-signed Cam for pennies. Just all round, like filled filled a lot of positions of need. I mean, they they hoovered up both the tight ends, greedy fuckers, Hunter Henry <laughs> and Johnny Smith. And after all that slack I received the other week, Johnny Smith actually signed a bigger deal for more years, but more guaranteed
2: money than than Hunter Henry. Just saying. Just saying. So you just were saying. right all along, Joe. No, you're right, though. I mean, four new pass catchers, which was arguably their biggest issue last year. Joe mentions both the tight ends that should receive the best safe options for Cam Newton this year, uh, if he is indeed the starter. And then bringing in Aguilar and Kendrick Bourne, who aren't exactly premier number one receivers, but should be able to do a job and sort of more in a mold of what the Patriots usually have in their wideouts.
4: Yeah, they're usually a bit more sort of wired out by committee, aren't they? They they haven't really had that number one guy for a while because that's not how they've operated. Um, I've got to say, I liked some of the moves the Patriots did. I didn't like some of the other ones. I thought spending big on the two tight ends was a a surprising move. Like, I I don't think any of us thought that would be on the cards for the Pats going into the week. Um, Could pay off in a big way. I think it's going to lead to an offense that will look quite different from last year. I'm still very on the fence about re-signing Cam and as I was, as me and Joe were chatting about before, before we went on air, like the Matt Judon deal seems like a bit of a reach to me in terms yeah. of the money.
3: Yeah, like what we were saying beforehand is like with Matt Judon, I think any deal he signed was going to be seen as kind of a reach just because the amount of he was the amount of money he was actually asking for. Um, Like, I knew we weren't going to be able to re-sign him for that amount of money. And it's good to see that he's gone to somewhere where he can get paid. Unfortunately, it's the Patriots. But, yeah, it's not a... (sighs) It's a difficult one because he's still the best available pass rusher in the current free agency market at the time. Yeah. So. He's, a
4: be- He's the best of the bad bunch, isn't he? As we've said, I think, on previous episodes, like because of all the re-signings and taggings and stuff like that, and teams generally not wanting to take much of a risk on people, so they're sort of locking up what they know already because of coronavirus and stuff like that. They don't want to have to pay big on something that that could be a bit of a risk. So we've seen teams stay in-house a lot more, and that's led to a market of pass rushes that... I mean, frankly, aren't that impressive or aren't that proven. He's Maybe not though. He's had
2: eight, eight sacks every year he's been in the league. So, yeah. So it's not like he's never been productive or he's had a couple of good years that have caused his payday. He's a consistent player, and Bill Belichick does rate consistency.
3: And over the last few years, he has been. Def- he's definitely stepped his game up when he's moved on to the, the full starting role. What I don't like is this... Henry and Jonu Smith um, comparisons. It just, it just to, seems so weird. I don't like the comparisons to Gronk and Hernandez. Like we were kind of talking about this beforehand. It doesn't make any. It's not warranted at all. It's it's
2: is it inevitable Smith is, though. It was always going to happen as soon as they got two tight ends going. <laughs> oh, do you remember when the Patriots did this?
3: It's because they have had no tight ends there for the ever since Gronk left. So. I understand why the comparisons are being made, but they're just completely unfounded. I do think yeah. I do like the
2: signings, though. Yeah,
3: yeah, but you're I right. Because when they
2: had Hernandez and Gronk, those were basically one A and one B of tight ends in the league. And S- Smith and Henry are good, good players, but not the same echelon that those two were at. Yeah, Hunter yeah.
3: Henry's probably a top ten guy, to be fair. Um,
2: but there's a big gap between. The top
3: four or five, and the rest, I'd say. Yeah, I mean Gronk at the time was yeah. the, the best
2: tight end in the league, and Tenana is probably top three. Yeah, I mean on the on the defense, sticking on the defensive side of the ball, you look at Jalen Mills, who's gone there, mm, who I think meh. Belichick will utilize him like he did Patrick Chung and Eric Rowe. Basic is like you don't have to be a great DB to play for Bill Belichick; you just have to know. I mean, it's a cliche at this point, but do your job. Yeah, And he's clearly seen something in Jalen Mills. He's like, right, he can do this very specific role for us.
4: Yeah, oh, I mean, on, on that point as well, I was quite surprised by the Jalen Mills um, signing, simply because, you know, coming from Philly, where the, the secondary has struggled of late and has been well-documented struggling of late, yeah. Um, It seemed like a bit of a strange move, but I think you're right, Slew, I think it's going to be a case of, you know, he's been signed to do a very specific thing in that, in that um, secondary. So we might not even see Jalen Mills playing a ton. I think we'll see him playing, you know, a certain number of snaps a game when they're in these packages in these situations. But I I don't think you, I don't think Jalen Mills is going to go and be a starter as, as we, as you would traditionally see a starter um, on American football field because yeah, I mean, this did. doesn't mean he's a bad player because the pages just don't operate like that
3: but he's not getting paid like blockbuster money anyway and I think kind of like the pass rusher market the, the defensive back market in this free agency mm. period is, is not very strong at all I mean Patrick Peton's probably the best option <laughs>
4: I mean you say that but is it Casey Haywood's been released so he's technically
2: available as well like there are some options Yeah but there's not like a, a big the guy a defensive yeah. back I think also yeah. it's probably his versatility like is the ability to play corner granted biting on every double move in sight but also save <laughs> well You say play
3: safety no he can't play it he's not a good safety
2: They've signed him as a safety Interesting. What him! Watch him be like a top ten safety in the league under Belichick now.
4: How, how much of this sort of
2: spending butt? splurge from the from Bill Belichick is, you know, a little bit of oh, Tom Brady actually went and won a goddamn Super Bowl. Do you reckon? Do you reckon it is that that sort of attacking no, but the it's narrative? It is a fun story. It mm. is a fun story.
4: True. I mean, I kind so, of like it to be true as well. I like the idea that Bill Belichick thinks like that.
3: I love how he signed a potentially starting QB for 5 million as well. Just a bit ridiculous. I mean, Cam isn't necessarily the guy, but the fact they've been able to get another year for 5 million
4: Mm, for what could be a starter. I disagree. I think we saw enough from Cam last season to know that he's not the answer.
3: Yeah, but it's good to have the option there.
4: It's good to have the option, but... If I get what guy. you're both
2: saying. The issue is with Cam that like you don't know how much. Granted, he didn't play particularly well, but also his receivers yeah, had no separation yeah. at all all year. Yeah, true. Which yeah, makes I it somewhat difficult as well. I mean, mm. when you look at the Patriots roster, then with Cam coming back, all of these players signing, and then you get Patrick Chung and Dont'a Hightower off and of the Cam. COVID list.
4: Yeah, well, I mean, those are almost like new signings in themselves.
2: Yeah, what yeah. does that does that push the Patriots back into contendership for next season? Yeah, I think so. I think. Oof.
4: Are we talking about contendership
2: for like the AFC East? Or are we talking about contendership in terms of Super Bowl? Because... I mean, if you've got Bill Belichick, there's no point talking contendership for a division, is there? I don't know, man. I I don't I don't think the Patriots
4: are gonna frighten anyone down the backstretch of the AFC upgrade playoffs. To the team, though.
3: Actually but look at it.
4: you've still got... Options. Okay, so your number one receiver is North now West. what? Jono Smith? Okay, he's decent. Your quarterback still angry, probably. probably Cam Newton. Not good.
3: Yeah, but who was he throwing it to last season?
4: But they... Yeah. So, I mean, I, I see that point that, you know, bad receivers can make good quarterbacks look bad. But I just don't think... I think you could give Cam not, Newton all the toys he wants, but I just don't Newman's think he's the... that
2: accurate a passer. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, and I, it passing... does have to be said they did go seven and nine last year, and we're all acting like they went four and twelve. So they yeah. didn't. They weren't horrific last year. And Belichick basically gives you five wins just by being him. True. Let's move on to another AFC East team, another team Joe looked, liked. What they did in the first few days of the off season, the second worst team in the NFL, the New York Jets.
3: Yeah, not many signings, but I think the signings they made were good. Corey Davis at receiver. Uh, I kind of wanted him to go to Baltimore, I'm not going to lie. And I really like Carl Lawson as well as a defensive end. I I think he was one of the most underrated uh, defensive linemen in this free agency class.
4: Yeah, I like that the the Jets on the defensive side made a strength even stronger as well in terms of Really building out that D line and making that front seven difficult to play against. And I think Corey Davis was, was a great signing. They've been crying out for a proper, dangerous wide receiver for so long.
3: I mean, Jameson Crowder has pretty much been the best receiver there for a few years now.
4: Yeah. I mean, Roby Anderson, you can argue before he went to the yeah, Panthers, because he's only actually, what, a year removed from being at the Jets. But I think we all saw a notable difference in Roby Anson playing for the Jets and Roby Anson playing for the Panthers. He looked like a much better player on the Panthers, um, but yeah, I mean it's a
2: good start for the Jets, hundred percent. But there's a long oh, way to, to go. Done. Yeah, I think Corey Davis, nice fit coming from a similar passing attack in Tennessee. Yeah. A lot of play action. You'll probably see him mm-hmm. run right about six crossing routes a game, and it all be about yak for him. So I don't. I still don't quite see him as a number one receiver. Like he's a very good one B or B receiver. So it depends on what happens to Denzel Mims if he takes that next step. But they're sort of building out and they're not, they haven't just gone out and spent stupid money. Like a lot of struggling teams do.
4: Yeah. Which would have been the temptation as well. Like new head coach, like, it's it's a market where, unless you've got a lot of money, you're probably not going to... You're going to err on the side of caution. So there is the option for a team to sort of clear up. And I think the Jets have been quite smart in avoiding that and avoiding reaching heavily for players that aren't, that don't warrant it.
3: Yeah, I understand. Getting, getting stuck in a bad contract a few years down the line just isn't worth it. And, and to be fair, J- Joe Douglas is a very good gm he's a very he's a smart guy and i don't think he he would have splurged out on players that aren't worth a contract it'd be interesting like you said slew about the number one receiver what options they can get like day two in the draft Mm. i want to see like with that sort of top pick in the second round maybe a more big-bodied guy i know we're going to talk about this later
2: on in further episodes I mean, while we're on it, I mean, what I would see from them is probably because they've got their second first round pit that they got from the Seattle. So I True. see yeah. them probably going to take a pass catcher with that one, especially given the depth. And the fact that they didn't or haven't yet at the time of recording taken offensive lineman. It leads me to thinking that they may be making that sort of moving free agents in the draft with the number two pick. I don't know. I just feel that if they were going for a quarterback, they'd have made sure they shored up the O-line before bringing one in.
3: I I really want Sam Donald to get one year of an okay O-line and actual targets to throw it to, just to see. Because I'm really not sure, because he's had the worst start to his career in terms of situation, being stuck with Adam Gaze, having to run around the field his whole life. And he's actually made, like, last season as well, if you look back at some of those games, he he can make some good throws. It's just not consistent at all. But how much of that is down to the amount of times he's getting pressured, um, the lack
2: of receiving talent on the team, and the terrible play calling. Yeah. Mm. I I mean, mean, Stan did want to know he wasn't able to make the podcast this week if that meant you were joining the Jets bandwagon. Or do you need to see a little bit more? Oh,
3: oh when we say joining the Jets bandwagon, I don't but think we're gonna make the
4: playoffs. We mean stands next year. fully on the Jets bandwagon they're gonna be
3: like good this year. I don't think they're gonna make the playoffs, but I think they could be like a a run-of-the-mill team. I think they could be seven and nine, eight and eight. Your friendly neighborhood eight and eights. Yeah, and I think eight and eight for a terrible Jets team, a team that was yeah, that well be deserving good. of the number one overall pick for being dog shit. <laughs> I think that would be a pretty good turnaround, to be honest. Probably that would be impressive then. to be
4: fair. If the yeah. Jets go eight eight and eight next season, that's
3: big. Yeah. I mean, I think in a few years
2: with the, the way their defence is looking and the I mean right if we're saying a few years, managed. I've got to say it doesn't sound like you're on the bandwagon yet. Yeah, but I'm sure. not
3: saying they're going to make the
2: Super Bowl next year. I don't think that's one of you. I think he's going to uh, be a little bit of a frisky side to play next year. Could, could upset a few could teams. Some, yeah, they could some, good some football. upsets next year.
3: I, I think they could. You heard that first, Joe is firmly teams. on the Jets'
2: bandwagon for 2021 all the yeah, way to the Super Bowl. All the way to 8-8. Eight eight. All right. And the third team that did pretty well in free agency without signing anyone They just re-signed the whole Super Bowl roster somehow. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I mean, Tom Brady restructured his contract. And then it's it's what happens in New England for decades. Everyone's like, oh, if Tom's doing it and it's worked, maybe we should do it as well. And there's proof in it now. They all won a ring last year. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, It's
3: amazing to think... A few weeks ago, we were talking on this podcast and be like, yeah, they won't be able to re sign them all. So they have to, they're going to have to let one of them walk. And yet they've walked away of Levante David re signed to a long term deal, Shaq Barrett, Gronk
2: extended for another year. Or maybe Godwin.
3: T-manually. And Godwin
2: got franchise tags. So, and there's time they that they'll to- manage to re get Sue as well. Jesus Christ. And they're just rubbing it in because they're yeah. going to sign Ryan up. Wow. Yeah,
4: I mean whoever whoever the accountant is
2: for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, well played, or Jason so. Lyne. Won't it he be? He'll be their general manager, like with most teams. I don't think it's the accountant. Yeah, but that's what he meant. It means who's fiddling with the cap. Hmm. Yeah. So when you look around the league, especially the NFC, the Bucks still have to be the number one. Especially, I mean, the Saints were the only team that had their number a couple of times Packers. last year, and. Well, Packers. Drew Reeves retired, but he wasn't it by the end of the year anyway. Is there any Packers. team after free agency that you can see could probably give them trouble? Packers. Packers. Thank you. Yeah, they re signed
3: Aaron Jones. I wouldn't say it's it's particular because of free agency. I just think the, they're a good team. The Packers are a they're good team, a good and team.
2: they've got Aaron Rodgers, who's. Yeah, the issue my with opinion, Packers is one. the best QB in the league. Is that they've arguably taken a step back without. Signing, resigning Corey Lindsley. So, if they were their best competitor, that's a huge win again for the Bucks. Mm. Mm. I mean, obviously, it's easier to say now that this team won free agency. But if you were to say for the first three games, it's got to be them, right?
4: I'd say yes. I, yeah, I mean, I, as you guys said, super surprised that they've managed to keep everything together from last year's Super Bowl winning team which is a scary thought, to be honest. Um, Especially when you consider that that team got considerably better as the year went on. I think we had a bit of a rocky patch towards the sort of start slash middle of the season. And then down the back nine, they were just like locked in, know exactly what we're doing, like full chemistry. Everyone just, it just gelled. It just worked. So to think now that they've had that, and they've still got the same players returning again, is scary, I think. Yeah. I, and especially with the Saints losing Breeze, probably rightly, as we said, it was probably the right time for him to retire. But it's going to be interesting to see a full season of the Taysom and Jameis
3: show. See, that's, that's I want to come back to that, but I would be weary on the buck side of things, and this happens a lot with Super Bowl winning teams, where they re-sign all their veterans coming back for semi-long term deals, especially with Shaq Barrett and Levante David. And I'm saying they're very good players right now, but in near the end of those contracts, that you might be stuck in a situation.
2: I don't think they're looking at the end of those contracts. They're looking oh, while Brady's here, let's go for the next year, maybe next two years, and go and win another ring or two.
3: Yeah, I think while Brady's there, it's the right decision to be made. Um, and to be fair, it's a short term league, you can't really think that far ahead. Which brings me on to Taysom <laughs> Hill, as you kind of mentioned, signing up with, what a four year 140 million
2: stupid contract money. that's cool.
3: all void years. So one of the most bizarre. Somehow we've saved seen. Oh, if we're gonna talk about this, seven... we
2: do have a question from Nathan Barber on Instagram what do you think of the hill extension yeah tends i ask that nathan. first <laughs> yeah nathan my man it's
3: excellent point
2: the mind
4: boggles like i don't understand how it works to be honest um, i mean i know i'm shite at maths but still how can how can it's it...
3: another s- situation where they've basically kicked the bucket Few years down the line, yeah, they're basically betting that the cap's going to go be up by a set amount in the next few years. That it won't matter that they're kind of they've saved cap this year, which they needed to do. Somehow, he's got a contract, but at any point it could basically be made.
4: Yeah, I like to think that Sean Payton heard Stan's TV TV rights deal conspiracy theory and was like, "Bucket seems to know what he's talking about." give Tyson all the money
3: yeah they're gonna be screwed in a few years if the cap doesn't go up as much as they think it will but there's nothing to say that it won't i mean yeah, until the COVID
2: pandemic hit it was rising exponentially so there's no the reason for them years. to think they won't yeah. yeah it's risen every year for the last america America's years. basically open again compared to what we're like here so mm. true won't have to necessarily worry about that. I mean, despite that deal, do we think he'll be the starter next year since they re-signed Jameis? Yes. They re-signed Jameis really. for like a Cam Newton-esque
3: deal. It was like five million for one year.
2: Yeah, but it seems weird that they bother re-signing him to not play him. It's good to have yeah. him as an option. He's, he's got our talent.
3: You,
4: you can't go a full... If you're a serious playoff contending team, you can't go a full season with a quarterback who can't throw the football. Like I'm sorry, I I, I I like a lot of things about Taysom Hill, but a f- crisp passer of the football, an accurate passer of the football, he frankly ain't, and that's what you need if you're going to make a playoffs.
3: I don't know. I'd like to see Sean Payton with a full off season of preparation with Taysom Hill and see what he comes <sighs> up with. I'm not saying he's going to be lights out, 140 million dollar comp
2: quarterback, but at the same time. I th- is this something. not what we were saying about the Patriots at Cam Newton last season? Exactly. Oh, I'd love to see what Josh Josh McDaniels can do once he gets his hands on Cam. And the answer was fuck all. I think as well, the fact that Drew Brees isn't there is going to have
4: like, the leadership and stuff and the off-the-field sort of setting the right trend, like especially offensively in terms of game planning and stuff like that, the understanding that he brings to that offence even when he's not on the field, like you have confidence because you've got Drew Brees as part of your offense. And now he's gone and your quarterbacks are a bloke who throws a 50-50 ball every time he he launches it. And another dude who's basically a running back who can sort of do some tricky stuff.
3: Well, your option with Drew Brees was a guy who couldn't throw it. he,
4: He couldn't throw it far, but he could throw it accurately over a short Yeah, distance. he
3: could throw a slant amazingly. Cool, they have uh, Michael Thomas.
2: Okay, moving on to teams that maybe didn't spend money in the wisest way, which happens every single year. Uh, who do you think is probably going to be a team that's looking back as like, why the hell did we tie ourselves to this guy? We've got so much dead money now. Uh,
3: I want to say the Rams, because they have only really made one signing of note, I think, Leonard Floyd 29 year old Ed Rusher former first round pick from the Bears but 20, I know he had a good season last year last year but 29 sacks in five years doesn't have me enthralled four years 64 million it's a pretty big contract to give to a guy yeah I don't know you're kind of betting on one breakout season and teams have been bitten in the past consistently as that. well in very similar circumstances especially with pass rushers like they can have one good season and then just that's it
4: yeah yeah i agree i think lennon floyd deal was strange i mean i'm happy for him he got paid loads of money but i'm not sure he his career
2: thus far warranted it mm-hmm. um The one thing I would say is, isn't the point that you bring someone in on a prove it deal the year prior, that when they then prove it and have a really good campaign, that you then pay them? True.
4: But I don't think that means you have to pay them over and above.
2: Yeah. Uh, Which I
4: I feel like is what they've done here. Yeah,
2: that's fair. I mean, what they've probably done is they've seen, right, whenever he was with us in our system, he was great. I don't, yeah. I don't care what happened whenever he was in Chicago. I don't care what happened when he wasn't with us, being coached a different way, perhaps. For us, he was fantastic, and we're going to keep him there.
4: Do you think as well, actually, talking about those sort of one-year prove-it deals which Floyd was on last season, I think it's interesting, it'd be interesting to see how that affects the dynamic of next year's negotiations. If you've been on a, prove-it, a one-year prove-it deal and that team really wants to keep you, I feel like the player has the power then. Do you know what I mean? Because they've 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 done the prove it
3: part. Oftentimes not though. I think it depends on the team. Like you see a lot of these one year prove it deals and they go out and prove it and they come back to the team and they just Yeah, the, I'm guessing the for their point of view,
2: there. they'll be like, All oh, right, I proved it to this team, I'm a good fit here. I like being here. Why would I why would I necessarily want to leave? Where you might have to go prove it to a whole nother different coaching staff and front office. Yeah. I am surprised yeah. though, actually, you say that, that we saw a lot less one year deals than we thought we were going to. I mean, maybe that's, that's why these top NY receivers have yet to sign yet because they're trying to, I don't know, negotiate a one year deal, hit free agency again next year. Cause there were rumors that that was going to happen and we haven't really seen any of it. I don't
3: know. There's teams with quite a lot of cap left. Um like we said there are teams out there I mean the Colts haven't spent anything. Yeah. Bengals, all, all those teams that could potentially get like receivers or playmakers that and actually pay them quite a lot. I don't know why you would take the risk of a one year deal, mm. even if it was like a big one year deal.
4: I mean it's just you just the mentioned the, the Bengals there, Joe, just to like talking about teams that you know haven't that might regret might regret might regret <laughs> talking about teams that might regret like the deals that they've done i think the bengal's going to massively regret the deals they haven't done they haven't Absolutely. made any moves whatsoever to improve that o-line that was diabolical last year and got their franchise guy done for the
2: season yeah and it's not like, even a new thing for the bengal's they never spend the money there I mean, you can see why maybe they didn't get Joe Tooney despite all the chatter that he's an Ohio boy and all that, because he signed a really big deal for a guard. True. But the fact that you don't even sound like you were a big player for Kevin Zeitler or Matt Feeler, who both signed very affordable contracts, one that's of it. which was in the division, like, I don't understand how you can then go to Joe Burrow and be like, yeah, we're behind you. You're our guy. We believe in you for the future. Is that How does Joe Burrow think that that's? a good situation for him to be in. Exactly. Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson. We've seen this sort of thing before. I mean, he's just broke. He's just torn his ACL. How are you not going to protect him? Hmm.
4: Yeah. It it baffled me, honestly.
3: I mean, I'd be surprised now. I don't know what offensive tack or offensive line prospects are still on the market, but they need to sign someone or they need to draft someone.
2: There well, was Rodney race. Hudson who just got released shockingly from the Raiders who they should go for. Mm-hmm. Andrews as well. Yeah. The Patriots centre.
4: They're Those probably going to want to try and re-sign but potentially there's an opportunity there to outbid. But yeah, I mean, that, that whole O-line pretty much needs a makeover
2: and I feel like they've missed the boat.
3: Isn't Rodney Hudson a centre as well?
2: Yeah, they're yeah. both centres. Yeah. They're both centres. All right, so while we're on the Bengals, the, the moves they did make, they did need to shore up that defence as well, and they somewhat addressed that. They brought in Chidobe Awuze and Mike Hilton, neither of which are great guys, but, I mean, they're you don't solid. don't get out of bed
4: to watch Mike Hilton play corner.
2: And the, the other one is Trey Hendrickson, who I get is a lot of fake money in that deal, apparently, that it is not actually the, the four-year, 60 million... That he said about 90% of it can basically be written off. But bloody voids. Is it a voider? It's not a voider, it's just a lot of um not as much guaranteed. But for a guy that's basically stats were skewed from one year of big sack production because he had good players yeah. all around him on defense. I don't understand how you could assign him and be like, yeah, this guy's gonna replace Lawson. That's the thing as well, like.
4: Hendrickson's coming off a situation where he benefited so massively from having to accommodate Cam Jordan and other, and those sort of players and he doesn't strike me as the dude he's I don't feel like he's that special talent who it doesn't matter who else is on the line he's going to get production I feel like he's going to go to the Bengals and be like I ain't got very much around me teams can identify me as pretty much the only proper pass rushing threat I think he's going to be I think he's going to be very disappointing from that standpoint, from a, for the Bengals because there's no one else to be afraid of. You can just double Trey Hendrickson, I, and, I, and he, I, he's not a guy that I think consistently kills you if you don't double team him anyway.
3: I mean, there's something to consistently bad teams having bad choices in free yeah, agency and the true. draft. You know, there's nothing outstanding about any of those. Signings, not to be mean to the guys, but
2: yeah, none no... of them are roster changes, are they exactly? They're not getting kind of to roster team. fillers at best. They're and all fine. different, like if you make those three signings and you're sort of on the cusp, that's adding three solid pieces that maybe fills out your roster, pushes you towards the edge. It doesn't change your fortunes, those sort of signings, no, no, exactly. Are there any other no, they teams we're needed to sign
3: nine O-linemen. That was it.
2: Yeah, like we, we were jokingly saying, yeah, just sign three of them. But at the same time, not really a joke. Do that and yeah. you're a much better team. Like, <laughs> joking, you'd be so but much better. Really if they joking. signed three O-linemen, they'd be in a bit better situation than the- with the guys who did sign. Yeah, 100%. 100%. You missed our subtle joke, Bengals.
3: It wasn't a
2: joke. Uh, you touched on them earlier. What do we make of the Colts Basically, we everyone is expecting them to be able to spend this free agency one of the most cap room out of Mm. all the teams in the league, and they did nothing. Did anybody tell them
4: that it started?
2: Like they're like waiting
4: for next week or something. Like it was just bizarre, man. We spent so much talking about like I feel like the last few weeks we've been saying so and so would be a great fit for the Colts, or I can see the Colts trying to get this guy or this guy, and then for them to rock up on the day and just forget their checkbook. It was very strange.
2: Especially because we sort of touched on it like, oh, were they overly cautious with the quarterback position? Now they've ended up with Wentz because they sort of ran out of options. Mm. And the same thing looks like it's happened through their entire roster now. I mean, they're a good team. They're not a contender yet, but they've got pieces in place that if you fill around them, they could be.
3: Yeah, it was disappointing to be honest it's consistent as well with the Colts. They never seem to spend their free agency money.
2: Yeah. It's like we've given them too much credit for not spending it stupidly that they've gone so far the other way. <laughs> I, I, if they don't go a bit further in the playoffs this year, is Ballard going to be under pressure for not making these sort of moves? I think so. I think
4: especially when you consider the, the situation in terms of making a big move for a quarterback to try and you know put your put your team into that window, you've got to then be aggressive. You can't do an aggressive move and then be like, "and that's us done." We don't like we run out of energy. We're not going to do anything else. Like you've got to put your foot on the gas and get the other pieces too. So I think the fact that they've, especially in in this unique market where there's what four teams, five teams maybe that have a lot of spending power and can bully other teams in terms of outbidding them, to be completely, like, just not even turning
2: up, I think is a real missed opportunity. And I get you don't want to spend stupid money and put yourself in a bad situation, but to spend nothing is going too far the opposite direction. Mm.
3: Yeah. I think there's something to that, especially after the kind of flashy trade to get Carson Wentz, you'd expect something something else just they managed to save so much money on that deal as well exactly it felt like
4: the first act to like a big statement off season that just hasn't arrived yet
3: yeah to be fair some of the the big receiving names haven't gone yet like we were saying just before we started recording yeah it would be very unbrand. Still out
2: there, Day still out. But, we uh, did yeah. receive a question from that from Billy Ismail Mustafa. Where's Kenny G and Jubjub heading? Provided they haven't signed by the time this podcast airs. Hmm. I mean, I was I
4: was about to say that like it would be so us for to, us to spend five minutes slating the Colts not doing anything, and then by the time this episode comes out, they've signed both of those two or something. Yeah, ridiculous. but
3: I'm tired of saying. I could imagine them going to the Colts, though, because now I can't, <laughs> after all this chat.
4: See what you've done, Colts.
3: I'm going to be biased. You've and killed say Joe's joy. I want one of them to go to the Ravens.
2: Which one? If you could have one of them? Probably Juju, to be honest. Really? Really? Yeah.
3: Hmm. I think it would be spicy. He might, like, dance on the Steelers logo a bunch.
4: You know It'd sell a bunch of tickets, to be fair. Like, that Raven-Steelers rivalry with Juju <laughs> on the other side would be fun. But I think Golladay's the better receiver,
2: if I'm honest, hand on heart. Yeah, and I think he fits what you need more in someone that can win one-on-one consistently. Not that yeah. either of them would be bad signings for you. No, they're both good. I
3: don't know. I think Juju's quite a physical receiver and he embodies the team spirit a bit more. Plus, it'd be nice to see him play the Steelers twice a year.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I think that's mainly the crux of your your argument here, Joe, isn't it? You want to see him... You want to see him have some beef with the Steelers?
3: Yeah, I could see the Bengals also actually signing one of those two because they haven't signed any offensive linemen. And that's not really the
4: only position with... they don't need. I was going to say, I really fucking hope they don't do something stupid like that. Imagine they splash all their money on Juju. It would be and it's a like brilliant move though. Yeah, but they, you can't get the ball. They, the quarterback's already dead on the floor a second after the snap, so there's no point signing more receivers.
2: Yep, that's true. Uh, we did miss out one team though that is a contender now in the NFC thanks to free agency signings, and have made a big one-year prove-it deal, so they can hit free agency again next year. Do you know who yeah. it is? No.
3: Joe. No. Why are you teasing me, Slew? Just say
2: it. Ryan Fitzpatrick, one oh, year, no. oh, $10 million deal to the Washington football you... team. motherfucker. You That's a theft, by the way. That's not boys. a deal. That's a
3: theft. A theft? As if they've I mean, taken my math.
2: 38-year-old Keebee.
3: I mean, it's but a good signing for the
2: Washington... You could argue that he's better than what Alex Smith was last year. yes. He, he was. And seeing he as can. though they were the team that pushed the Tampa Bay Buccaneers closest in the playoffs, Ooh. can they do some sort of weird sneaky thing where they make a run?
4: You know what? I'd kind of fucking love it because Ryan Fitzpatrick is such a fun personality to have in the NFL and, I mean, surely this season or the season afterwards he's going to gonna be gonzo, I think. By I think we said that five years ago. Yeah, by by that point, his beards reached his feet, and he's tripping up over it. So it's done. Um, but it would be so, it would be such a feel good story for the for plucky Fitzmagic to go in with with Washington football, football team. Who I, I feel like felt they seemed to be the underdog at, in, in almost every game last season. Like, yeah, pretty much. No one trusts them, but they generally played quite well remember at times. people
3: were genuinely quite surprised in the start of the season when they started winning some games.
4: Yeah,
3: 100%. That first game, I can't remember who it was against, but they they
2: had quite a shocking win. Are you teasing me? Is that what that is? Notty, naughty,
3: naughty. You're teasing me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, They've got a great defence. They yeah. tagged Brandon Scherf, got they a did. quarterback in that has been proven to, pardon the pun, create magic. Let's see. and they meet. Mm. Reached the card ran last year. Let's see what they can do.
3: Yeah, I think you get magic moments with Fitz magic, but at the same time you also get <laughs> random interceptions. four interceptions game. Yeah, so, yeah.
2: All right. One which of those. exactly? Which t- which bandwagon would you rather be on? The Washington Football Team or the New York Jets for the next three years? Next three. Washington, yes. Washington, hundred percent more likable.
3: I. Actually, I like both the coaches, so it's not a coach thing. It's just so what you're
2: saying is that you're happy either way, and you're just a nice guy that supports everyone.
3: No, I'm saying the Jets. Okay, I want Sam Donald to become a franchise QB. Why? Why do you it want? It would Sam be North a great f- redemption art. Would it? Does yes. anybody care about Sam Donald? Like, I'm sh- Like exactly, and but that's then, why it would be a great you... redemption art. But you could pick any quarterback. There is Yeah, but why would I other pick anyone? There's one but... that's neglected little ugly duckling. There are loads of neglected out ugly ducklings. throw for 40 tuddies.
4: John... Josh Rosen's a neglected ugly duckling. You're not rooting for him. Josh
3: Rosen, I'm pretty sure, was on a practice squad.
4: Yeah, but why don't... It'd be more entertaining to watch him rise to... I don't think it would. I think it would. I think Josh Sam Rosen Donald. came out of the
3: dropping like, everyone who was drafted before me was a mistake. And he's consistently sucked ever since.
4: I just think Sam Darnold... I, I've said this since he came out of college, to be honest. He's literally nothing special in any way, in any category. He sometimes does a couple of nice throws. Consistently, he is so average. He's like the Mark Noble he's of quarterbacks. Consistently
3: surrounded by trash coaching and not stellar O-line play. And yeah, but Bobby trash Bob coaching fair, Matt.
2: Mark Noble's going to the Champions League and Sam Darnold's heading to the playoffs. And on that note, I think that draws us to the end of today's podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you check out all of our social medias, The Dropback on Instagram and Twitter, The Dropback UK on Facebook. Find us at thedropback.com online for articles and more. Thank you again for listening and thanks for Marcus for a great interview. I've been Sam. I've been Matt. And I've been Joe. And until next time, goodbye. Later, Roots. The
1: Dropback, with Sam Lewis, Matt Burns-Peak, Joe Costanzo, and Sam Wilson.
0: That's a 2-1 if I've ever seen it.